0: again um so we couldn't come up with a title for this so we, were, we were wondering cultural differences i culture practices uh, basically we're talking about cultural differences between our culture the american culture other cultures egyptian to american cultures basically everything um so yeah we'll get started i'm justine shavali
1: albier andrew annie mike
0: sharon karen Fetty.
1: theo
2: And don't forget to follow us on our socials. Our Instagram is at sinners.anonymous and the rest of our socials are also under the same handle.
3: All right, cultural differences. Well, the vast majority of us are standing in the middle of two very vast, very different cultures. You've got the Eastern culture, where maybe we're from, maybe our parents are from, maybe we're second generation, who knows. Then you've got the Western culture. This is the culture we're in now, you know, this is America, the Western way of life. The differences are vast drastically and sometimes people get lost trying to navigate their way in between but today we want to talk about those differences we want to talk about those cultures we want to get a better understanding of what's actually from the religion what's actually from the culture what matters and what doesn't matter and how do we talk to folks on the other side of the culture maybe those that are not willing to Uh, understand maybe a little bit close-minded or maybe they've gone a little too far to the left right how do we talk to everyone how to communicate with everyone how do we continue to show respect and love and appreciation and still be able to be one community because that is the single most important thing This should not be a reason uh, for divisiveness we should be able to have a community even if we come from different backgrounds whether it's our friends our parents uh ourselves sometimes right and the last thing we want to do is be stuck with two masks you know, one that we present when we're operating on one side and the other that we present when we're operating with the other. So that's it. That's what we want to talk about today. We got quite a big following because we have quite a few different perspectives. We've got people born in Egypt. We've got people born in the States. We've got people that are not necessarily part of the religion right now. And then they're looking into it. We've got people that are funny. We've got people that are not. Um, but at the <laughs> end of the day, we're all here and we're going to be talking. And uh, we're, we're going to come to some sort of mutual understanding. So let's go. Let's talk about the good one. What are some cultural differences that you have encountered uh, in your life and can the rest of you relate?
0: Where do we start? Okay, uh, Annie, Annie, Annie was
4: ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing is like, this is kind of funny, but like going to um, Egyptian people's houses versus like my American friends, like I've gotten so used to growing up being at like, An Egyptian person's house, and they offer me like food or something to drink, and it has to be like, oh no 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 thank you no thank you. Yeah, I really want that cup of water. (laughs) (laughs) And then I thought like, okay, that's normal. And then I go to like my American friend's house, and they're like, do you want anything to drink? I'm like, no thank you. And then that's the end of it. Okay, yeah, you're not getting that. Wait, (laughs) no, ask me again, please. (laughs) (laughs) Wait,
5: I I didn't think that was the end of it.
4: Yeah, I just spend like the next hour like
2: can I get a cup of water? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Drinking from the but sink. I, but I asked and you said no. <laughs>
2: yeah it's actually so true or, or it's, just... it's the same as like when yeah like going over someone's house and you know like you're invited for dinner or something but then you have to be like oh my god no like i'm full i i like ate before we came like no you, you didn't <laughs> <What?
4: Wow. Yeah. laughs>
0: then
2: i was coming over for food
4: <laughs> even though that's like specifically why they invited you they said hey let's come over and have
0: some
2: dinner
4: yeah and
0: you're like oh i gotta eat now like we're not gonna sit around for a little bit yeah yeah oh, thank you
6: so much oh and look dinner. at the food that's coming
0: and then you
2: have to be like, and I, I I like brought something simple, you know, just like seven types of dessert, but you know, we, <laughs> we could, we c- 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 Hagabosita. <laughs> c-
7: uh, or is it normal, like for sometimes like they'll take out your food and they'll like put more than like five pieces of food on your mm-hmm. plate or like a whole bunch of rice you can't even finish and you're like no 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 i'm, I'm good and they're so that just means yeah plate.
4: like you, you're just shy <laughs> I, I, if here you didn't
5: go finish your plate it means you didn't like the food yeah i was about to say that mm.
4: but then if yeah. you finish your plate it <laughs> means that you need more food and they keep stuffing you
6: it's a double-edged sword
8: love by giving you food like that's how it is that just is love
0: your love plate. equals food yeah yeah, yeah.
9: And when you leave, they force you to take all their food home, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, oh
0: I my don't fridge have is room full. In the fridge, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they have the no fridge room. in the garage. And, and they exactly. like come prepared with like those tinfoil boxes, yeah. like yes. like boxes, like like yes, they are like, yeah. They knew yes. this was gonna, it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a restaurant factory. On the
6: topic of fridges, it's such a thing with Egyptians. Don't open their fridge. It's yeah it's not
8: polite i mean yeah, that's how i now. was grown up and like you don't go into someone's fridge and just serious. open
2: it i mean like uh, elaborate though what do you mean like okay
6: like if your guest is there they my mom and dad specifically have this idea you're you're there to serve them this is a restaurant don't touch the <laughs> fridge don't go grab your cup i will get it for you even grabbing a plate it's like huddle. it's like don't do it yeah <laughs> and i'm like okay mom <laughs>
0: That's, that's interesting
7: <laughs> yeah but yes. then i feel like i'm like so like a princess know, useless, you just useless yeah. like, <laughs> and okay. I, it's like me it's like oh if i go to my family's house and like okay after they eat and they feed me like oh let me help do the dishes like let me help do something
1: mm-hmm. I'm
8: Like no, no no, no, no 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 don't touch the no, dishes they're always like you're a guest no 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 no,
7: no, no, no. like you can't like why? You know. But
1: here's here's the funny thing. If you didn't offer, they're like, oh my god, she didn't offer. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. What's wrong yeah. with her? I mean, I don't <laughs> <love that. laughs> You know,
2: it's, Sometimes it's like a mom thing where they'll be like, no, no. Like it, like you get invited someone, over someone's house and they're like, no, you're not doing this. dishes.' like my daughter will. And I'm like, you, why I'm did you volunteer and be like, I'm not doing this?
5: <laughs> no, or the way they say thank you sometimes seems like they're just yelling at you. Like when you bring in, like you go, you're invited to someone's house and you bring dessert with you.
0: Why did you do oh, that? Oh, you shouldn't have. Is, you
5: shouldn't have. This is your house, and, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I, th- I think I made a big, grave mistake by bringing this dessert. I'm like, sorry. do they not
0: like it? Are they <laughs> allergic? You but
7: know. Well, no, that's the way of saying thank you. That's yeah. so funny. In the beginning of my relationship with a beer, I would always like bring food over to his house. Like, hey, like. Or a security board, or something like more Americanized. Yeah, like, so like let me bring food over. Like you guys are cooking for me. Like let me bring a little snack or whatever, or even if it's dessert. Mm-hmm. And And they're like, "Does she? Does she like not want my food?" Or <laughs> so <she> <laughs>
6: <it>? <laughs> for me to explain this part, okay, because there is an explanation. It's two sided. So if you're a regular guest, it's understandable. And like in a household, it's like a housewarming gift. You know, thanks mm-hmm. for inviting me over. But I think the difference is or it's like it's a normal thing to do. But by the way my mom looks at it, it's like, oh, this is a relationship, you know. You don't have to bring anything. Mm. But then she says don't open the fridge. So, it's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> no,
7: or she's always like, you don't have to do the dishes. Just go sit down and we can have some chai. Like, that's the fr- I love how you know chai. Oh, <laughs> I love how She comes like
3: over a and drinks shea all the time. Well, well, isn't it the same word in, in uh, shea, isn't it? No. Similar? No, it's something different. You mean chai? Yeah, chai. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's close. Yeah.
5: Chai shag.
3: Um, so, 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 uh, there's a you know qu- quite a bit of differences, and I think we we've all kind of encountered them. Um, where do you think it comes from? Does it come from a place of misunderstanding? Does it come from a place of hey, I you know my way is better? Like, well, where where do you think the difference comes from?
8: I think it's what everyone is accustomed to. So, like, us Egyptians were like raised in a way where like you are expected to bring food the person will act shocked but it's like a whole play that we put on (laughs) (laughs) but it really is that way um but then anyone who comes like from the outside they're like what in the world like do they want it do they not want it because if you don't bring it then you're being disrespectful but if you bring it like you need they need to act surprised like it's a, it's a whole charade yeah. and that's what that's what it is uh, yeah.
1: i think i think it comes out from caring too much what people think mm-hmm. yeah that's so if i don't make if let's say there's four people coming and i actually make enough food just for four people oh my god they're gonna see that like the thing is empty. I didn't make enough food. I wasn't generous enough. Yeah. Or if you make too much food, they're like, oh, they didn't like my food. They didn't finish. I think it just comes from <laughs> caring too much what people would say that sometimes it comes, or a lot of the time it comes off as like I'm not comfortable. Mm. What, what do you think, Fadi?
9: Um, no, I think it actually comes from a place of love. You know, like all the times that I've gone to people's houses, they treat me just like everybody here has said. They give me food and they, and they force me to take food home, and honestly, I'm not going to say no to free food. Like, I <laughs> hate cooking, so any food they give me, I'll take. But um, I can understand if someone coming outside the culture, they might be like, you know, what's going on? Why are you pushing this on me? Yeah, I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you boil it all down, I think it comes down to uh, there are different uh, different emphasis is, pa- is placed on this concept of honor when it comes to the two different uh, cultures, right? Because... In the East, this concept of family honor, specifically, is is very well valued. One one could say it's like a primary concern for most people, right? You are a guest in my home, uh, and then I need to take care of you. I mean, uh, this is ingrained in most Eastern cultures, not just the the, uh, the Middle Eastern cultures, um, but you know, generally, uh, you know, this stems, I think, from the culture being so old, so old. I mean, one of the first civilizations came it was in the Middle East, while people in Europe were, were killing each other, right? And uh, the, the reason the reason behind that is. Uh, there were no cars. There were, most people didn't have horses. Uh, the only place to get from place to place was, was walking. right? And so even like, going from village to village was a considerable distance. right? And so it was a big deal when someone would come into your house after hours of walking to invite them in, to uh, wash their feet, to give them an opportunity to rest before you engage them, to bring them the best that you have. I mean, there are stories of, of uh, people in, um, in the desert where there's no water, there's no resources. And uh, back, in, back when um, the British had uh, were, were considered over, you know, they had rule, they were rulers over Egypt, essentially. And this guy decided to take a trek in the desert. He got lost. He saw an oasis. He went. He found a Bedouin with his family. It the guy wasn't rich. But the guy, even though he didn't know him, even though he looked different than him, he bought him his house. He gave him the, the best tent, the best everything. And then he uh, proceeded to uh, bring the sunbread to him. Now, now sunbread, it, those of you that are not aware, it's, it's a very specific type of bread where uh, on the outside, it's hard like a rock. It's, like, very, very hard hard like a rock. But on the inside, it's very moist. But because it's so hard on the outside, it seals that moisture. So they bake it in the sun, and then uh, you know they open it up, and they just scoop out the inside, which is delicious, soft bread. So so they're, this is one of the staples of their diet, and they don't have a lot of it. And so what would happen was the guy would, the the, the Bedouin, would bring the bread and open it up in front of him. And then he'd bring another one, open up in front of him. And he did it a third time. And he could tell the guy was getting a little bit frustrated. So he didn't understand that like, part of the culture is like, I'll, be, I'll, I'll open all of my food. I will give you all of my food. And he's supposed to step in, the British guy, and say, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. But he didn't get that until it was too late, until like so seven funny, loaves all that all are bread. open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all so, the village. Exactly. So it, it's this concept of, of honor, right? Like, it is my duty. And if I don't do it, it's dishonorable. If I can't take care of you, if I can't serve you, if I can't make you feel very, very at home, then it's a very dishonorable thing. In the West, this doesn't really exist, this concept of honor, right? Now, I'm not saying it should, because it, it displays, it shows itself in the East in very horrible ways as well, right? This whole concept of honor. We can get into that later. But I think that's really the main difference. The Eastern folks, people raising that religion, uh, that culture, not religion, are very, very focused on this concept of honor. Hence, you know, it's important what people think about me. But meanwhile, in the East, it's like, who cares what people think? You know, just do you, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. And I think, you, I mean, if you even, like you were saying, Theo, it stems back to even biblical times where, like, you honor your guests when they come in. If they're a traveler, you wash their feet, you provide them with food and with water and give them like the best clothing and the best sleeping arrangements and whatnot. So it really does stem back to like biblical times. But like Andrew was saying, I, I think it also is about like what other people think about me. So it's good and bad. I think it's it the intention of it was to care for others. But now we've made it to a point where like we're caring for others too much to where it's like very excessive. So like if you think about like I don't know, like a party or like a wedding, you know, Egyptian weddings go over the top, you know, like when you go to an American wedding, it's like, I, I went, I actually went to my first American wedding um, a couple months ago and I was just, it was a big culture shock because I was like people like I, I wore like a, a dress that goes to my knees and I brought heels. Mm-hmm. I thought heels were appropriate. I go and there, are people wearing shorts and flip flops. And I was like, um, what like I was so overdressed. It was a big culture shock, and I felt so awkward. But you know, those are some things like sometimes that we're so acclimated to to this custom of really trying to impress people. Or um, you know, I think we just have to think of why are we doing what we're doing? Is it really out of love, or is it to to show that you know I'm providing as much food as possible. The best food possible. Can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. The best food possible and whatnot. But um. Yeah. I think it just it. It's just you know where is it coming from is the is the main important factor.
5: An interesting thing that you mentioned there is that part of that whole thing about honor, like the way that frequently I hear people talk about like that experience with the Bedouins and the British person, it's like oh what's wrong with him and like he he, he made us break open our bread and he doesn't have like like he's not generous and what and and you because we don't understand where the other side is coming from. Sometimes we impute negative motives towards what they're doing because the British guy's probably sitting there going, what is this guy doing breaking all his bread and now they're not going to have anything to eat? Like, he makes no sense. And it's important for us to both under, to try to understand where the other one is coming from. And sometimes that can be very hard. The other thing I wanted to say is as we're telling all these stories about the veterans and the desert, all I can think about is Abraham and how Abraham saw these three strangers walking in the desert and he invited them in and he washed their feet and he brought them food and guess what? It turned out to be our Lord and two angels. And so even in the Bible it's like this is what you do when you have a stranger you invite them in. You treat them as if they're family. And do it. when you do that you might be entertaining angels as St. Paul says. Oh.
3: No, I, I absolutely. And, and, and I think that um, both cultures can kind of learn from each other, no? Um, lost in the, in the East in the Western way is the value of the other. I think uh, sometimes there's an overemphasis on the self and we see that manifest itself in su- uh, suicide, depression, and all these things. When you're so focused on yourself, uh, it becomes a problem. Like here, here's something I've noticed in your culture, uh, in, in your generation. You youngins. um, this whole like,, Ew, it's cringe. Oh, it's like, oh, that was cringe. Like you're, in, you're having a conversation with someone, right? And they, and they maybe they're a little bit socially awkward or whatever, and they say something that's weird. And rather than trying to like smooth it out and not call attention to it, everyone's like, oh, I feel I feel so uncomfortable that I want everyone to know that I feel uncomfortable, and you made me uncomfortable, right? Like that's that, reading between the lines. I mean, am I am I misunderstanding this thing in your culture?
8: No, but it's really annoying and she mm-hmm. stops. you just making <laughs> everyone uncomfortable around you. Well, like you're emphasizing, that, like, <laughs> if someone is socially awkward, like I am too, like I don't want you to point <laughs> it out. Can you move on, let's?
3: No. See, see if you did that in, in Egypt and like you, you are make, hold on, what you just said, it's making me so uncomfortable. You get smacked by your dad or your mom, yeah. right? Like, like, what are you talking about? This is disrespectful, you're disrespecting me. Which is which is bad. It's not very good. <laughs> like, yeah. You're disrespecting. It. How about it's not the right thing to do because you know God's looking down and unhappy, right? But 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 you see how something like that needs to be weeded out of the culture, right? But but on the other side, it's, it's kind of the same thing. If there's an overemphas, all right. I don't, don't, don't want to get too too crazy, but you know, in in, in the Eastern culture, this concept of honor. Is uh, shows itself in a very negative way in the sense of this double standard between men and women. Now we've talked about it. Like guys can do whatever they want, girls can't. But I mean, uh, that's all because what a a woman is more a woman is uh, can has the potential to greatly dishonor the family more than the man simply because of what? We overvalue her purity or whatnot? Well, doesn't purity matter for both? Like why are you making a big deal? It's just one, it's just her. No, girls shouldn't do things that, the guys shouldn't do the same things, right? So I I think it's important that uh, we have this ability to discern, Michael, I think you had said it when we were prepping, uh, this ability to discern. You know, what from this culture passes the Christ test that I can accept and bring into my life and what from that culture does the same? Right, rather than just go willy nilly and say no, I'm right, no, you're you're wrong, no, I'm right, and have this like feud of, of cultures, right? Using Christianity as a filter to say, okay, what does God really want in this scenario?
0: For us to pay for the bill at the end of the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that is an awesome segue. Make me
10: yeah, yeah.
3: No, I, I'm actually I'm, I'm watching uh, one of the podcasts I watch, uh, which is like a. a kind of like young men development podcast i'm not going to name the name because it's a horrible podcast but one of the things they talk about is like, <laughs> teaches you some really bad things but uh but um uh one of the things that folks like, who should pay for for dinner at the end of a date right men. Well, yeah. but we, we don't wa- we don't want to talk about that here i'm just, I'm, just it uh, I'm just bringing it up because like in many in many ways like providing for someone uh shows like i i'm respect i'm respecting you i'm providing for you that means i care for you Meanwhile here like if you ever if you've ever been on a business trip right and the bill comes out you're like no 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 guys I got it. they're like, yeah, you better get it right <laughs> like, <Okay.
4: laughs> yeah yeah I mean who's gonna fight free food
6: yeah. Um, yeah so this comes into the culture where when my mom and dad were meeting Shivali's parents um, at the end of the night it was like a brawl at the table <laughs> 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 Each one had three different do. cards out ready to go. <laughs> Waiter standing there staring at both of us like Rocky paper, scissors, it, bro, like yeah. figure it out. And then you have my parents like, no, I'm I'm paying. Like my dad got up physically, handed the card to the waiter. And it's like her parents are like, wow, they're pretty serious about this. I was like, we're Egyptian. <laughs> and then I get in the
7: car and I get, I get in trouble for it (laughs) yeah it's like no uh, they were arguing because they wanted to pay they're like oh no he's meeting my parents i'm like are you serious i'm gonna get in trouble for this it's
6: because they they wanted to meet my family before my family wanted to meet them it's like oh they wanted to pay but it's like my parents like no
7: (laughs) (laughs) i was literally ridiculed the whole way home about letting them pay <laughs> it's like no you're gonna give them back the money okay?
0: now if you're in a public area in a public restaurant and there's the like the brawl going on that's cringe you know like, mm-hmm. sometimes i'll just be like i'm not part of this group no
2: it sometimes it gets so extreme we're like to the point where like as we're walking in my mom is like i'm gonna leave this card here yes. don't let exactly. them pay Yeah. No, and smart. Smart. okay last time it did not work out for us because <laughs> the, they give <laughs> the like the poor waiter they gave him another card and the guy was like so adamant he was like avoid that and use this card <laughs> so we were sitting there for like two hours just to like get it figured out yeah there's, if, been,
6: there's been multiple times where my parents go out and it's like a family event or meeting somebody and my mom will like go to the bathroom but she's going to the waiter <laughs> and say, like, whatever the bill is and she gives it to the waiter i'm like mom it's really not that serious like sit down and it's like oh and then the guy comes back with the receipt and is, like what happened i'm like when did it, when did it happen they're so confused
9: yeah, there's so many times that's happened to me. And then, so, like, at one point, I just give up. I'm like, I know you're going to pay for it at the end, so I'm not going to complain. Like, deep down, I'm happy, but you know, like, I put on the show, like, oh, please pay for it. Like, <laughs> that's what you have to do.
4: Like, my cousin stopped talking to my brother and I for a week because we paid for dinner. <laughs> Little excessive. While she was here visiting us. Yeah, this whole sure, thing is excessive.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the concept, though? Azuma Medic Vega. So basically, what what it is is (laughs) when someone Mm. tries, when someone like basically offers something, but like what is perceived is they didn't really mean to offer it. So if you say like, "Would you like some water?" and you say no, and I just stop there, and I don't ask a second time, then it's called the medic bay because you didn't really want to, to, to offer, offer the water. It. Yeah, it's You're
1: just oh doing it. more, yes, it's more of like offering because you have to offer, but you don't want to offer.
0: It's mm-hmm. an empty offer. Okay, yes, so like exactly. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, I like your earrings. Oh, here, take them. Okay.
2: And you're like what um no literally okay I, I got, that got me in trouble when I first moved here because I remember like one time I came back from school when like me and my friend were walking back to our house but she like didn't have her keys, so she had to wait for her mom so like as a good Egyptian girl I like waited with her and then she was like oh like it's gonna be a while so like being nice I was like oh do you want to come in but like I, I was alone so I like I really shouldn't have invited like any person in with me and she was like oh sure I was like uh oh, okay <laughs>
0: let, me, let me tell my mom real
6: quick yeah.
5: that was supposed to be an empty offer you weren't like, supposed to
2: say yes back. yeah basically she walks
6: in and you're panic texting mom like this right. didn't mean to that, happen yeah,
2: literally. <laughs> i'm so sorry she said yes i don't it's know like what you go happened call
6: her in the bathroom like don't kill me
2: or like when you offer to pay for
8: someone and they say yes like it goes back to the thing it's like um Uh, no
2: (laughs) let me just reload my starbucks card real quick (laughs)
0: so so the thing is like when we look at the the cause of it or like the root of it why do we do that is it really to like show off or is it like to show off that we care or right but like it's being polite but like if you're falsely offering it or if it's an empty offer you know again is that a cultural thing or is it kind of just like a show off thing like here let me at least just so i can say that i offered
6: so I think there's like a rule of how many times it happens and then it stops. reason why I say that is I have a um, a Muslim friend at work and he, me and him go get coffee all the time. And every single time for, for the first three weeks, we were paying for each other and we would fight <laughs> on it in front of the register. And we were fighting on it back and forth. And then now it's like, OK, you could go. It's like it just—I think you became customers. Like we know we like each other now, so it's okay. It's like figuring out if you really are cool with the person. It's like I'm never talking to you Mm -hmm. again.
5: That's definitely it.
0: Or maybe do do we think that it's like you try to show off and not show off, but like try to be over generous with people you're not close to. So that they can perceive you as like, oh, wow, they're so generous, they're so nice, they like me. It's
6: overthinking if they like you or not. It's like, Mm -hmm. people really don't care for this. If I grab my coffee before you and we don't pay, we can still have a good conversation. It's not the end of the world.
8: Yeah. Yeah,
3: So so the Christian concept of giving is is, uh, only... Uh, permit, you know, from the eyes of God, it's only accepted if the offering is, is coming from the heart. Cain and Abel, right? Why why was one's offering accepted and the other one rejected? Because one truly was offering from his heart and really was uh, doing it in order to please God, and almost like, Bubba, is this making you happy? Uh, while the other one was just doing it out of necessity, right? Which is you know kind of how some people approach church. Some people go to church because they really, really want to connect to God, and some people are like, "Oh, I gotta go because you know I'm a Sunday school uh, servant, and what, what are my kids gonna say?" Right? But not necessarily. You know, that's not an excuse to stop going to church. Don't take it that way. But it definitely shows that like one is an offering from the heart, and one isn't. So a lot of these cultural things are, you know, maybe maybe I'm judging, but they don't necessarily come from the heart, especially when they're azuma <laughs> You know,
10: you know what I mean?
3: Like that's not really coming from heart. That's just like saving face. Like I want to look good, but I don't really want to give you this thing, right? So, in the eyes of God, that's not received. that's not you know that's not a check mark for you. So, I think that that's one of the things that we can use when we're talking about this filter right is is the the action that I want to do is it truly coming from my heart or is it because I just want to put on a show?
9: Well, I think it's kind of like a mix of both, you know like I want the best for everybody and I want to help everyone, but sometimes you know sorry going back to the check thing again like i'll pay for the check but then when i look at how much i paid i'm like why did i even offer (laughs) kind of thing right so i believe everybody really wants you know they help people from the goodness of their heart but other times they're like i I just have to do it because it's like routine like habit you know like you get up every day and brush your teeth and shower so it's like routine for them
0: like you were saying theo i think it's you know where where it's coming from if if somebody like mindlessly, for example, offers to pay for a check or something, you know, they're, they're really willing to do it. But if there's somebody who's doing it, so everybody is aware, like, oh guys, I got the check. I'm going to pay, you know, (laughs) oh, here you go waiter. Like here's the, you know, waving it in their face or, um, you know, things like that. I think, I think it, like you were saying, Theo, it really stems from like, where is it coming from? Is it because you actually want to, is it because you're trying to get brownie points even even if nobody knows about it, but you're just trying to get brownie points from God, you know. I think that's that's a, a really big defining factor too. Yep.
5: I remember hear, hearing hearing um, a podcast a long time ago where there was an interview, and uh, it was a Protestant podcast, and the person was talking about like um storing of treasures in heaven and it was so like literal like oh every time you do something you're gonna have actual coins in heaven that you're gonna be and i was just like what is going on here so <laughs> you're
3: like, saying heaven
6: is not, an arcade that's so chuck and, and cheese <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> how it that works that's <laughs> that's i'm not rolling up tickets to buy something in heaven my mom told me that when i was a kid and i still live by it till this day <laughs> 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 it's like i did three good things i could do one bad
3: well cancels out they actually recently upgraded to uh tickets and swipes but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? You know, for a child, that's fine. Like, absolutely fine. Boy, yeah. Well, we know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you no, know, it, it's a it's a great way to explain it, like to build up currency. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I, I like it. But, you know, some people kind of see it the other way, though. So some people say, uh, you know what? I am going to engage with people and be positive because I need money for the vending machine and the vending machine is God. And, like, and then when they need something, they're like, all right, God, I did this, and I did this, and I did this. I'd like a wife, please. And then they put the money in and they will like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not vending, Like they kick it a few times. It's, it's, that, that creates, uh, that sets you up for unhappiness in your relationship with God, right? And I think that um, in the Western culture, the one that we're growing up in, um, there is this this idea of like, what I put in is what I get out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that, uh, what's in it for me? Like, if I'm going to do this for you, I got to get something out of it too, right? We both got to be happy. It's kind of this whole mentality of like, do you girl or do you like, um, if it, if do it doesn't boo. hurt, what, what, what was that?
6: Do you boo? Do, do you
3: boo? <laughs> 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 like, sure. Well, you're, you're a great I... social commentator on society. side. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Instagram? Yeah. There you go. Too much of it. Um, but like, it's like if I put in something, I should get equal amount. In the East, it's different. It's like, you don't stop putting in, but that's just because so everyone can look at me and say, hey, this guy's a great guy. I mean, he always <laughs> gives, right? And uh, I think, and I'd love to hear your opinions, both are unhealthy, right? I think that there needs to be, if you're gonna give, you gotta give from the heart and uh, not really expect in return and, and not assume that everyone operates on the same order as you because, the fact of the matter is, in most times in life, especially as the society pulls further and further away from Christ, you're going to give, and you're never going to get back. And how do you protect yourself from then not being disappointed, right?
0: Um, so one one question for those of you who um, were introduced to the American culture later on in life, what was the biggest shock factor to you? Uh,
1: so many things I do not <laughs> think of one. It just traumatized know, it just, yeah it was just <laughs> different like definitely the ones i'm pretty sure everyone heard it like where are you from oh egypt oh my god that's so cool have you seen the pyramids like you know you hear this sentence so many times like Okay, Do you take yeah, the camel to school? <laughs> yeah, like it's, I don't know if they <laughs> say it as a joke or you actually mean it. And no, like,
2: like they legit I, think that's okay. how it works. So I, had, <laughs> I had someone convince. I, I know, know someone who
5: didn't want to go to Egypt because they didn't want to live in a tent and ride a camel.
8: Yeah. yeah.
7: someone tell me there's people in Egypt. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all...
3: Wait, like so they're wait, they're on one. One. wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a
6: second. You, you guys only had one camel? <laughs> <laughs> Mine has four-wheel drive. <laughs>
4: Does your mm-hmm. pyramid what? have a sunroof?
6: <laughs> it's. I think a funny one, Dad. Don't watch this. Um, <laughs> the shock was police lights are not carnivals. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, police lights on
0: what? My
6: dad. So, the first time coming in to, coming to America in 1999. Um, He bought his first car, got his license. I honestly don't know how he did all of that (laughs) without a speck of English. Figured it all out. Don't even know where he found the car. Yeah, this is in Texas. Wow. I don't. I think your dad knows this story. And (laughs) my dad's getting pulled over picking up my mom from work, and he doesn't know he's getting pulled over. He thinks it's like, oh, we're in America, you know, lights, shows, everything's (laughs) nice and festival like New York is, twenty four seven. And my dad's minding his business. Three cop cars, four. Oh, my God. He's living a GTA life. like literally (laughs) the racket. Five star wanted. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, most wanted. Um, Thankfully, our neighbor knew. My dad's a complete fob, like, fresh off the boat. (laughs) Didn't know anything. And my dad picks up my mom. Mom gets in a car. He continues to drive. (laughs) Um,
4: And the cops are still following.
6: They're still following. We're probably 16 cars deep. (laughs) Um, Dad pulls into the house, and the cops are, like, pulling up on him. And the neighbor... If one of our neighbors, thank goodness they are there, come up and my dad's looking at them. is like, what's happening? And he's like, I don't know. I just picked up my wife, <laughs> and my dad's trying to signal what's going on. You know, I'm I'm like what ever, we had my little brother, um, Everheim at the time, and he's not even in a baby seat. He's just sitting in the back, <laughs> rolling around. Um, we, had, we knew nothing about this country. We need
7: to edit this.
10: <laughs> <up. laughs> yeah,
6: you about Um. The neighbor comes out, and I think this is what my dad noticed. Red, blue, and white lights means you get off to the side. Um, neighbor came out and told him, it's like, hey, he literally came here three weeks ago. Like, He does not even know who you guys are. So that was my dad's most insane cultural shock, that oh cops really don't pull you over with one light. Not the real one. Dang. So he didn't go to prison? No, no, no. He oh, okay. got
3: off. Not even a ticket.
2: Wow. wow. I Ignorance mean, is a cops bliss That's when
6: cop were less back then, you know?
2: Mm. I would say like another cultural shock is like the like the friendship community slash culture. It's like, I mean, at least in my experience, I thought like like friendships in Egypt are like serious, you know? Like, not to say that here they're not serious, but like in Egypt it's a lot more like homey, cozy. Yeah, like like you're in each other's houses, like you're you can sleep over. Like it it you you can do that here, but also it's like. I don't know, like it the, the parents know each other. Yeah, it's it's not exactly the same. Like, it's a more close knit community. Maybe because in Egypt, there was also like, you're either Muslim or you're Christian. So the Christians are like super tight knit. Um, and yeah, and when I came here, it was just like casual, you know, like you meet some people in middle school and then you go on to high school, these people are not with you. And then, you know, from high school to college, you lose some more people. Versus like in Egypt, like you go to school and like these people are with you, maybe up until college because, you yeah, know, like you end up there. So. I would say it's a lot more casual here versus in Egypt and that was my first cultural shock is like I expected these people to like carry over and like losing them midway was like oh like okay like you got to keep making friends you got to keep making connections and in Egypt it's kind of like oh I knew these people from like school and like they're still with you and now they have kids and now your families are together so yeah
1: Yeah, I think I think of it like the the, I don't know what you call the bag of chips the mix that has like 16 kind but you don't like two of them but you like the rest. That's how it is it here. Like, I don't know that the, the community is way smaller, so you don't get really to choose so much. Mm-hmm. Egypt, like, I mean, like, the church in general is way bigger, so you kind of get to choose your friends here. You guys just gotta buy the bag and eat the chips, <laughs> even the one you don't like really sometimes.
3: <laughs> so it's like everyone in this table is now thinking, which bag of chips <laughs> I <have. laughs>
1: In your bag. <laughs> so it's just community here is smaller, so yeah. I, that's, I wouldn't call it a struggle, it's just different. Like, mm. I'm I think- because people come from different, like, I don't know if you live in one area in egypt you're gonna go to this church you're gonna go to this school so literally everyone is in the same area come from almost the same background or similar not same but here everyone comes from all over egypt so the common ground is smaller or less
2: yeah that's a a good point it's like yeah we're all christians but everybody comes from completely different backgrounds like what you think is is inappropriate to someone else might be like oh like that we're used to doing that Like even within our culture, it's sometimes
0: different, like the lifestyle and whatnot. Yeah.
5: Oh, absolutely. Like there's there's so many I I feel like a lot of the issues and clashes that happen in church have to do with that, that people come from different parts of Egypt, from different, um, grow up just differently from each other. And now they have to get accustomed to one another. And everyone from the outside is looking at you're all Egyptian. Like, uh, what's what's the deal? but I'm from Alexandria, this other one's from, Cai- from Cairo, and not just Cairo, this one's from, Shobran, this one's from Doher, and this one's from Daher, and this one's from Haiti, and it's like literally they're right next to each other, but each one has this different subculture. Hmm. And to get to know each other, and to get to figure out how they do things, like we tend to talk about, oh, this is just the way Egyptians do things. Uh, truly, like there are little specific differences between these different parts of Egypt that cause a lot of clashes and cause a lot of issues. But on the other hand, it's a great thing because we get to love one another deeply and get to understand that there's different ways of doing things, and on a much smaller level. So if you look, okay, so there's this cultural shock with the American culture and the Egyptian culture, but there's also that much smaller, maybe easier to deal with, culture shock between this culture and that culture within Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so you you, you kind of work that out, and then you can work out the bigger issues too. Mm-hmm. Free-
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- this it, one of the most important things that I think that uh, that comes from our religion, not from our culture, is this acceptance of the other, right? And, and this non-judgment of the other, right? So, um, you know, I've, been, I've, I've served in many churches and, and sometimes I've, I've seen that someone comes from a different socioeconomic background and kind of looks down upon the other people or someone was raised in a very specific way. Uh, you know, not to say certain words and uh, the mannerism to speak, but, you know, their neighbor in church is maybe a little bit, you know, different, a little bit loose. I think, you know, Saidi and whatever it is. And they and they kind of like, you know, look down at each other, right? And and it's this misunderstanding. And all that does is, is it creates divisiveness in the body of Christ. And and that's, that's something that I think uh, is one of the easiest ways to break up unity in the church uh, when it comes to, you know, the devil's work, right? Let me just get people to hyper... Uh, focus on their differences rather than the, their similarities. Now, that's something that's actually the same on both sides because I see that in the West and I see that in the East, right? Like, I am so insecure about who I am because really it comes down to insecurities, right? I am so insecure about who uh, that, that uh, which I am. When I look at you, if I can't find anything that reminds me of myself, selfishness, right? Then I don't want to be anywhere near you. I reject you wholly. So you get these little clicks forming, right? The, the, these, these little... Uh, subgroups, which which all they serve to do is just you know create disunity and unhappiness and and it keeps a lot of people out, right? Like imagine, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to pick on you, Shivali, but uh, you look like us. But imagine if you didn't look like us and you walked into this, into I'm not I'm not saying our church. I'm saying just generic Coptic church. A you know Saint whatever church. Uh, people, some people would would be like, who is this this person? Like what what do they do? They know this is a are Coptic? You lost? Yeah. How can I help you? How can I help you more more like that. <laughs> uh, Which is not a good thing. I mean, this is why the Coptic American churches, shout out St. Luke's, um, uh, exist, right? Because, you know, technically every church should be a mission uh, mission church, but you know what? Unfortunately, we're not really at that point where that's the case. The, The point is this. Sometimes the most important things to understand when you're dealing with cultural differences is, okay, let me put myself in the other person's shoes. It's called cultural relativism. Let me put myself in the other person's shoes and think to myself, well, well how would I like to be engaged? How, how do I, uh, what, what would be permissible? What would be okay? And I think if more of us did that in our church communities, maybe church would feel a little bit home. I think you had said it, right? Like the whole friend, friends here are not very, maybe we would feel a little bit home. Maybe we'd feel a little bit more co- closely connected to each other. Maybe we'd actually look forward to attending. Then be are like, ah, oh, Four hours of Lord have mercy. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do it this Sunday. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I think the beautiful thing about our church or the concept of our church is even though we have, you know, it's actually interested that, interesting that you said this, Mike, that um, we have a whole bunch of different cultures within Egypt of it in and of itself. So bringing that all together here to America, you have the Egyptian different Egyptian cultures and then you have the different American culture. Um, and so I think the beautiful thing about our church though is that it's a, we're supposed to be like one body in christ we're supposed to be unified and it, it definitely comes down to like you're saying theo um what is the reason that i'm going to church is it to find other people like me or is it to become one body in, in christ and um you know all the apostles back in the day their main purpose was to recruit people of different denominations from different cities and countries and whatnot so that we were all under one body of Christ. It wasn't that you are from uh, Greece and you are from Egypt and you are from wherever, so only you guys can be accepted into this religion. It was really an open invite to everybody. And sometimes that that is overseen by cultural differences because we start focusing on the differences between me and someone else based off of earthly standards, not based off of heavenly standards. And again, putting our focus in on becoming one body with Christ, I think, is how the, not I think, it should be the focus of a church, basically.
6: I think.
3: Yeah. She deserves an name. Yeah. for that. Yeah. Go ahead, go
0: ahead.
6: I, It's not only something I've learned um, being in a relationship with Chipotle, it's not only the Egyptian culture. Um, in a way, um, I guess like Western Indian or American Indian do this. Um, and Shavala, you might have to explain this a little more. Last names mean something in Trinidad. Hmm. So if your last name ends in like Singh, means you come from a family of class. If it comes from a different last name, like y- your my daughter can't date you because your last name doesn't match ours. Hmm. If you could explain a little more on that, that's because I don't know it as much. So as So
7: in India, there's I don't know if you guys know this, but there's different social classes depending on where you come from. If you're from a Singh, then you were born into a king family. If you're from um another family like mirage in your it's called something else in India. <laughs> i don't even know but it means that you're from like a peasant family or like a cleaning or a maid mm-hmm. whatever and i mean obviously i'm a more american so i didn't come here thinking that like I'm going to treat other people differently because they have a last name that shouldn't define who you are,
10: person.
3: Mm. Yeah, we have the same thing. If you're a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. It's the prefix. So it's, it's not only Egyptians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to single us out. <laughs> yeah,
6: <You're> special <laughs>
8: <laughs> No, another culture shock is people actually being on time in, you know, Americans oh, being on time. Yeah. Oh my God. You're just such a
3: raw nerve. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
8: i'm a really punctual person and i think it's because like i grew up the majority of my life here and so i find it just so unbelievably disrespectful if someone you know if i'm meeting someone one-on-one and they're more than 10 minutes late like at that point i'm just gonna leave because you disrespect me
2: (laughs) like i don't know if anyone else feels that way yeah i I think it's think yeah, go ahead.
6: Oh, go ahead,
2: go ahead. I think it just, it depends. Like, if you're if you're meeting one-on-one, you, like, leave that person for, like, 20 minutes. Like, even anything, like, more than 10 minutes, you're like, mm, you know. Like, you like either you didn't budget your time correctly or, like. <laughs> you're just disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but unless you're it, coming from Glades. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I feel like if
7: you're a part of a group discussion, like, it's okay if you're, like, 15, 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, if you're you're going to a group like meeting. A group thing. Yeah. Like
2: our meeting tomorrow, it's at 7.30. Please yeah. show up on time. <laughs> <laughs> <Eastern> time.
3: Prayer at <laughs> 7. Eastern,
2: Eastern time, not Egyptian
8: time. Let's just make that clear. Yeah.
6: I would say the bigger... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, if the person communicates, I'm okay with it. Like, hey, something mm-hmm. came up, I'm going to be 15, 20 minutes late. Sure. But if like you're an hour late, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm deleting your number. You're getting <laughs> blocked. <laughs> like, yes. Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, blocked. It's <laughs> like, so I'm not talking to you again
1: or asking where they are, and like, I'm on my way, and they're literally still on the bed. Like, like I have your yeah. location. Yeah. Just tell me so <laughs> <that> I don't <laughs> have to leave and be there on time. Yes. Yeah. That's all.
2: Yes. Oh, my God. Egyptians are notorious for that. Like, oh, I'm, I'm like on my way. Like, you're tying your shoes. We both know you can not <laughs> leave the house.
3: Tying your they shoes. More like in bed still. <laughs>
8: yeah. They accidentally send you the streak of, of them being home,
2: like... <laughs> yeah
6: i'm sure a could vouch for this how many ask for, enough, for forgiveness to take communion
5: <laughs> or how many brides show up late to the wedding or how many grooms show up late to the wedding were why did you, you raise,
4: raise your hand funny <laughs> i wasn't
5: actually late but monica actually managed to almost show up before me we were kind of racing to get there oh my so God.
10: i'm
2: like no 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 God. i can't show up after her Oh, my God. <laughs>
5: that's the first.
0: Well, I think, it, you know, if it's if it's like in a group setting, like, okay, you know, if you're late, there are other people, you know, whatnot. It just comes down to, like, respecting time. People sometimes, I think, I think it comes down. So, the Egyptian culture is very laid back. So, and that's where the punctuality point mm. has been missed laid we're in. not even late well i
2: mean in that scenario we're yeah. laid back everything
0: <laughs> else, right <no>. right but <laughs> so, and so that's why it's always kind of just like oh bad day and bad like later later you know <laughs> Shut So up yeah so then you push everything later and then you get like cramped to do everything in like a 30 minute span before you have to like go out and do something so yeah. you know it's just i guess time management
2: budgeting your time well to be fair also like if if you get invited over someone's house and they say seven and you're there at, like seven on the dot they're like oh like we're we're still cooking <laughs>
4: We're still the house, right? <laughs> and that I think is where understanding starts to come in because, like, I know now that if I'm going out with American friends, if we say three, I'm there at two fifty, and three people are already sitting there. Mm. But if I'm going out with Egyptians and we say three, I'm like, "All right, mom, I'm leaving," and it's three thirty. Yeah.
5: I find it really funny that you're all saying this about your Amer- American friends. But growing up, yes, that definitely would happen. But then I moved to Miami. <laughs> and then we met up with people from work and they're like, yeah, we're going to meet up at 7 o'clock for dinner. I show up at 7.15. No one's there. I wait for about like 20 minutes. No one shows up. And then I leave. And they're like, where were you? But everyone showed up. Where at were you?
6: <laughs> so Regarding time, I've been getting my parents to finally just leave the house. You know, go on, on dates, mom. It's okay. You know, you could see the world. You know, Egyptian parents just love to stay home and drink shay and wash their soap <laughs> off. That's, it's ridiculous. And the amount of times I've had to redo a reservation. Mom, if you're watching this, this is for you. <laughs> Literally, I think their anniversary wasn't too long ago. Me and my brothers booked reservations for them to go to um, a Lebanese restaurant in like Glades reservations for 6 30. my mom's leaving at 6 20. <laughs> mom they're like they won't cancel on us we're paying customers i'm like someone else wants your spot there's <laughs> reservations for a reason It's like they swear the time revolves around them egyptians yeah <laughs> something else
4: i've had to start telling my mom events start like an hour earlier sorry mama <laughs> because if i tell her okay this concert starts at seven she's walking in at 7 45 and she's like I didn't see you perform. Yeah, because you came after. She <laughs> can't find a seat.
6: And my mom wonders why I have speeding tickets. Because you taught me bad time management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, the,
3: the the time thing is, is interesting because... Um, some people everyone interprets it a little bit differently people from the western culture if you're late they interpret it as disrespect like you're wasting my time mm-hmm. uh, people in the east say uh, time is a communal thing mm-hmm. you know we all we all share in time so what's it you know what's if i'm gonna, you know 10 20 30 minutes late meanwhile you know back in the in the west it's like time is money time is money come on mm-hmm. come on mm-hmm. And in the east is like oh, slow, slow down man like chill you know but believe it or not it's not just eastern culture um uh, you know in spain for example in, in most uh latin american countries they just take off three hours in the middle yeah. of the day like they do like, mm-hmm. the siestas yeah. um, much much of europe people just except, except in germany for some reason well <laughs> it, it, they're very just like laid back like it's really just the western culture that's like hey you know time is money blah 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 um the, the interesting thing about that is you know where do we actually value well, you know, because what we value most is what we are most excited about going to. It's, it's the same thing with, with, with time, I think, on either side, right? That's using the, the Christian filter to figure out what's going on, right? Use the tools around you to understand what's going on inside of you and become a better person. I think that it's a very important uh, thing to do. The, the other thing is the concept of family is drastically different. Like don't you guys don't you guys uh, agree? Like the Western concept of family and the Eastern concept of family, very 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 different. Everything from like the way you interact with your parents, like you know I, I'm I'm walking in Publix the other day and I'm pushing my kids, and this little kid is throwing a tantrum, and, and then she goes and she goes son we, we're not going to buy Lunchables we don't eat Lunchables she goes that's stupid you're stupid. <laughs> Like I, if I said I ever said that to my mom, like I don't think I'd be here right now. Yeah. Like, I just yeah, I wouldn't. I to
0: was gonna to say cheek. the gasma
2: coming off yeah, like
0: <laughs> in the middle of public. In the middle of public.
2: Someone that? on TikTok was like, if I if we can't relate to getting hit as children, we can't be friends. <laughs>
6: <laughs> How about like when it comes to like if you tell your parents like you don't want kids? My last name I'm like okay, what about your last name? <laughs> I don't want kids. I'm not doing this for you. That's,
5: that's the honor thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's an honor thing. What well, what do you mean? The, for sure, you you have to pass on the family lineage for the pe- for the family honor to continue, and so it was. A, it's a big thing, and uh, um, among some families in Egypt, I need to have a son. I need to, like the family lineage won't go off unless I have a son. And we have you have so many families that have like ten kids because the last one was the son. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My That's God. when we stopped. <laughs> well,
6: it's it's because in like in the American society, it doesn't really matter who takes whose last name ours, it's like, it's set in stone. You're taking my last name. Like, there's no option. Um, I hear it so often. It's like, I'll find a friend and it's like, oh, my last name's this. And then it's like, oh, but my la- my dad's last name is this and my mom's last name is this. I'm like, so who took your last? Where'd you get yours? Mm-hmm. So it's like, they all have different last names. And It's like, my I was actually just having this conversation with my parents and my mom was explaining, I still don't agree, um, my mom was explaining why it goes on generations. I understand it. It's, well, if my dad had three uh, daughters, instead of um, the three boys he may have had before, uh, before Arsenius was born, it's he ha- his last name no longer moves forward. It's up to yes. his brothers to do that. Because in our culture, she's mov- She's going to be moving forward into somebody else's life. She's taking their last name to honor her husband. Um, even um, when I was talking to Shavali's dad, he told me, he's like, I have two daughters and one son. It's up to my one son to live my name on. And that's it. <laughs> Yeah, but
3: but which, which last name? Because it, it, sometimes we get like uh, uh, Mubarak, uh, Habib, Gerges, the uh, second, like it's like 12, 12 <laughs> last names. Uh, so something that so so to to stay on track here about the about the concept of family, um, I'm not saying, necessarily saying that Eastern way is the right way, because you know sometimes I, I run into situations where you know one, one of my kids and uh, one, one of the kids I serve around a conversation, and they're like, you know what, my parents are insisting that I do this, but I don't want to do this. Maybe it's like their career, like mm-hmm. you have to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a doctor. But like the kid has no desire to be a doctor, right? Yeah. Maybe God put in the love of something else in their heart, right? And they feel this incredible pressure, so much social pressure and and stress and, and, and at some points depression even, because their parents are pushing them in a certain direction because that's that's what you do in that culture, right? Meanwhile, their their heart yearns for something else. And like how do you how do you help someone like how do you not, how do you tell them it's okay? When their own parents are telling them not to. Meanwhile, in in the West, it's like parenting in some cases is no longer not even existent. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, go out there and figure it out yourself, buddy. Like like, like guidance. Yeah, yeah. It's not, somewhere in the middle is where we need to be. I think some, somewhere in the middle is where I think is is healthy for an individual. Right. You don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer, an engineer to make it in the United States. Like let's just be very clear. Maybe that was the case in Egypt. I don't know. I lived too much time there. But 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 some of our parents don't understand that. I'm sure we can, re- you know, people disabled can relate, or maybe you know someone that can. So, how how do we reach out to those folks, and, and more importantly, like, what are our thoughts about the differences there? Well,
5: part of it is trying to figure out where it comes from, because in different situations it comes from different places. Mm-hmm. In some places, some situations, it comes from a genuine, like, no, I want you to succeed, and everyone I know who's successful is a doctor, lawyer, and engineer, so that's what I want you to do. And in other times you're dealing with bigger issues you're dealing with well i wanted to be a doctor but when i was in egypt i didn't get the the score to be to go to medical school and so i want you to live up live out my dreams mm-hmm. and so that you're going to deal with differently because that you're kind of having to deal with okay well I have to you have to talk to your parents and explain to them that you're not them and that you god has his own plan for you so it all depends on where it's coming from. In the fir- in the first situation, it's more like, okay, well, let's try to look and see what things you could be successful doing using the skills that you have and kind of make that conversation happen.
1: I think it comes down like, just for the point he was saying, I think the parents sometimes, I don't agree with it, but like the parents push for their son or daughters, their kids to become a doctor or something that guarantees success, whatever the definition of success yes. in this case, because they moved here. And they're still like they're they're still learning just as much as me or anyone. They're like in the unknown, so they might feel guilty if they let you do whatever you want, which is not one of the three options, and you don't succeed. They're gonna feel guilty as like, okay, maybe I didn't push him enough. I told him yes, you can do this. So I think this is where like, I don't know, the, the very small line that sometimes it crosses like pushy, but it also comes out of love. So I think the perfect relationship parents with kids is. I don't know like be as close as possible that they're comfortable with you to talk to you about anything but still they have to be respectful which is hard it's definitely not easy
4: that idea of success that you were just talking about is measured in completely different ways like for me i measure it in how i can impact people and that's why i chose the degree i'm in music education but um a lot of our parents measure that in are you going to be able to live in a really nice house and not have to worry about bills and this and that and the other and i think it's really important to know that like not everybody needs like the little gated community and like the fancy house like no uh, and some people are perfectly happy in like the little townhouse and they all their goal is is to help other people and to try to like be there for others
3: Amen. i mean that that is probably it, like we talked about using that lens and being able to discern from christ's perspective yes i mean if god put it in your heart to teach little children to you know learn music or whatever it is right and he wants to speak he wants to use you to speak his language because god is in everything everything good then then who are we to say no right like your point is 100 percent valid uh, and your point too as well about parents wanting the best for their children But at some point, you know, we as the people stuck in the middle need to understand that while I love my mother and father and I respect them very much, right, um, I need to do that which God puts in our heart. So the question then becomes, is this desire really coming from God or is it coming from my laziness or is it coming from my sense of lack of sense of self? Or maybe I don't think I can make it as a doctor or lawyer or pharmacist and and I won't even try, right? If, If we really can discern the voice of God from all of the noise... Uh, And and in the end, God says, this is where I want you to go, you know, then following it, we will never, ever be lost because we we were following behind God. And I think what happens is people get stuck in the emotion like, Mm -hmm. no, you must be a doctor, or a lawyer. Otherwise, you have a miserable life. Well, that's not true. (laughs) No, 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 mama. I'm going to be whatever because, you know, this is what I was meant to be. Well, how do you know? When was the last time you talked to your father of confession about this? When's the last time you sat down and read the Bible and tried to connect with Christ? How are you going to hear God's voice if you don't know what it sounds like, right? So he doesn't know, she doesn't know. And now we're just digging in because, you know, I know better. And he's like, no, this is the right thing. And, and then it escalates into, well, you're, you're from Egypt. You don't know anything. Like, How dare you speak to me that way? And before you know it, we got some serious family issues, right? All because, honestly, if we could both just stop for a second and see what God actually wants from the situation, maybe this wouldn't be the case, right? And I think that um, sometimes we think it's the parent's job to do that. But let me flip the script for a second. No, it's our job. Mm-hmm. It's our job, we should know better, right? Because we're sitting in the middle and we can see both cultures. They can only see one, right? So maybe the, the, the onus falls on us, whether you're 18, 19, or, or you know, in your mid-20s, the onus falls on us to kind of have that conversation. And sometimes, oh my God, I think I'm in trouble for this, but sometimes our parents are not right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me talk about a specific scenario. Should, we, should I even talk about this? Because I, I don't want you guys to walk around thinking that, oh yeah, he, I listened on the podcast and they <laughs> yeah, said right. my parents are wrong. No, no, no. 99% of the time your parents are right. No, like, let's, get, let's get this straight, okay? 99.9% of the time your parents are right. But there are certain situations. I'll give you an example. There's a guy and a girl really love each other. You know They're perfect for each other, for example. Uh, and, and they were connected and uh, on a spiritual level and, and whatnot. And for some reason, one of the sets of parents didn't like the other person. And they're like, no, no, no. I don't want you to marry them. I'm not really connected. You know, I don't really feel that person you can do better. And then it's like, well, I respect your opinion, but at the end of the day, I've prayed about this, I've connected with this, like I love this person, they mean a lot to me, uh, I'm going to move forward with it. And then they're like, no, 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 that's not okay. That's not going to happen. You're not allowed to do that. You're like, well, y- you do realize I'm an adult now. <laughs> as much as I want to make you happy, um, you know, I've talked to my father of confession. I've talked to her and uh, him and everyone's on the same page and everything is fine. I, I think this is the right thing to do. And in the end, it caused like significant issues in, in, in the relationship. So in that scenario, you know, who's right and who's wrong? Right? Who's right and who's wrong? Who's, who's doing God's will and who isn't? Who's paying attention and who, and who isn't? Sometimes it's not always the other side. Now, I want to stop and say that is an extreme case. The vast majority of the time, if your parents are telling you he or she is not right for you, and your friends are telling you he or she is not right for you, and your father of confession especially is like, um, let's pray about it. And every time you ask him, he's like, let's pray about it. Because it's not really allowed to say no. But like, if every time you ask him, they're like, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. And they're like, okay, but I've asked you 12 times and you said, let's pray about it. And you're like, Yeah. Yeah, what did God say when you prayed about it? You you know what I mean? They're trying to tell you something, right? And if everyone's telling you no, and you insist that this person is for you, and you go ahead with the marriage, and you end up miserable, well, whose fault is that? Let's be very clear. Mm -hmm. But I'm just using it to illustrate an example where sometimes our parents don't get it 100%. And in that scenario, you got to double down. You got to talk to your father confession you got to talk to jesus you got to make sure you're 100 right before you go against them but it's an example where occasionally the differences in culture makes the other person blind right? and that's something we have to be responsible for we're probably going to cut this whole thing
8: so, <laughs> so back, to right? go off what you were saying theo i feel like in the egyptian culture you grow up and you hold your parents to the most highest degree of honor. Mm -hmm. And anything you say against them is considered dishonorable. Blasphemy. Exactly. (laughs) And so like, and also in the Egyptian household, like I took social psych years ago, but like, it's such a collective society. I don't remember what the actual term is, but in English, in English, in America, it's like such an individualistic society. So Mm -hmm. like it comes to a clash when both cultures meet. And so, I feel like we need to find the balance of like being your own self but within your family, you know, unit. So like I feel like Egyptian parents just need to chill out a little bit and like step back.
3: Um, so <laughs> yeah. for that you get a Lord Amen. Have mercy. Well, no, they get that. You get a <laughs> You said you said this is a perfect sounding because and, and that's a scenario that I gave. Uh, one of the two parties was a convert. They were not um uh, she, the person wasn't um, Coptic, right? But they had come to the faith with all of their heart, and the other part, and the parents didn't really see that. They didn't really understand that, and, and they're doing great, by the way. You know, proof that the parents are wrong. But, but you hit it right on the head. Um, there, a hundred percent. You know, because it's a commandment: honor thy father and thy mother. We must always honor our father and mother, even when they're wrong. Just to, be, just to be clear, right? Even when they're wrong, you must always honor your father and your mother. But at the same time, the first commandment is you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And if you could love God that much, and you're never going to do anything against him. And sometimes it, you get stuck in the middle between that which God, what is God's will, what you perceive to be God's will, and that which is your parents' will. And I think this is where the church is very important because the church in the form of the father of confession, your spiritual father can come in and, and negotiate. You know, and when, I, when I was young, being the oldest, I went through the worst of it. My, my brother and sister had it a lot easier, right? Because by, by the time my parents yes. went through me, right? They're like, yes. okay, now we know what works and what doesn't. Because clearly he didn't work out. <laughs> well, we'll just do the opposite of what we did, right? So, so how many times would a Buddha come into our house for the sole purpose of mediating? Right, between parents and children right because uh, you know we would go and complain to him and he would give us advice and we would try to do it and our parents would be so stubborn and he'd be like all right same time i'm like yes i'm gonna same time anyway come <laughs> over you know that, that, don't underestimate the power of your father confession in those scenarios because your parents if there's one person your parents are gonna listen to i would hope it's abuna right yes.
4: mm-hmm.
6: i thought he was just visiting
4: <laughs> uh, I <wanna> go <laughs> to the point that you were saying about honor your father and your mother you can still completely do that while respectfully disagreeing with them. Like, just because you're saying, Hey, I think you're wrong, does not mean you're going to be like cursing them out or anything like that. You can sit down yeah. and have a respectful conversation with them, which is what I think all of us should do in that sort of situation and say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is where like my brain is at. Where are you? No. So that we can see where that middle ground actually is and move forward from there but and if that, you're
8: disagreeing with them you may as well just be cursing them out at that point well, <laughs> like, but,
0: yeah. yeah well that,
3: that's their perception it doesn't yeah. make it right right yeah. that's their perception
0: to piggyback off of annie's point in the end your parents love you and they're gonna want you to be happy so in the end if there's something that makes you happy and you show them that you're going in with you know, full force that this is really what you want to do, this is really who you want to be, then they're still going to love you. You know, they're your parents. Um, They're not here out against you. Um, But like you were saying, Annie, it's really important to just sit down and have that conversation to make sure you're coming at them with a more of a conversational perspective rather than confrontational. Like, hey, I'm here against your opinion. We're going to fight about this.
3: We should make another shirt. Conversational, not confrontational. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. That's, that's, pretty, that's, pretty pretty good.
0: that's the, the name of this episode.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I think we're going to change we it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it guys. <laughs> our
4: parents, though,
6: I think our parents, it, they, Egyptian parents beat around the bush a lot. I'm going to say it. Um, And no. what I mean by that, <laughs> what I mean by that, dad, um, <laughs> <is> <laughs> they like to do this thing where, if my mom tells me no about something whether it's a relationship or something i'm going to achieve or changing in my life they do it in the intent of if i give up then it wasn't really something i cared about but if i'm oh gonna God, be yes. like hard-headed <laughs> and i stick by what i'm gonna do for example me not wanting to go to college was like the biggest catastrophe in my family um it was one of those things where was like mom here's the first check now leave me alone right i had to sh- prove to her i could be successful um and it's like i s- I was high-strung. I was going to do this. I'm going to figure it out. You don't have to be there for me to figure it out. I'm going to do this. And that's what the, that's the one thing they do, whether it's a relationship where it's like, no, this isn't going to work out. It comes to the point where it's like, wow, he really loves this person. <laughs> or, hey, wow, he really wants to do this in his career. And that's just one of the things, per- Egyptian parents being hard-headed, and you just got to be more hard-headed. <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right, just a disclaimer here yeah. for, every, for, every, uh, high schooler, for every high schooler watching Albert, uh, Albert is a very different a type of man. He's very unique, not go very common. <laughs> so, so the vast majority of you should be going to college, 100%. Yes, go to college. <laughs>
6: right, not right Albert?
3: I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's not all easy, no, right? It's not. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing he said, um, yes, uh, parents can be stubborn, but again, uh, you know, don't be more stubborn. That's not the right, that's not, that's not the right response. But no, your 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 point is is very valid. I mean, uh, and, and stubbornness I see on both sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've worked with people that are not a single Egyptian uh, pint of blood in, in them, but they're very, very, very stubborn, almost as stubborn as my parents, right? So I, I don't think that recognizes cultural differences, but I think it's important to understand how to work with people like mm-hmm. that, right? And and sometimes killing them with kindness, which is the biblical uh, response, the, the approved biblical response, is absolutely the right way to do it. Because people that are stubborn um, don't really accept well when you dig in and fight back for the vast majority of the time, yeah. and it just becomes like, you're going to war, I'm going to war, and then it's like a siege that. Last for years, right? So, so, usually, killing them with kindness is the, is the better solution than that. So, now that I've uh, undone the Explained, damage you've done, yeah. <laughs> uh, I apologize <laughs> for <them. laughs> not. Uh, well, what, what, what do you think about this um, specifically?
9: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think the best way to go about this is like uh, promote openness. So, a lot of our parents didn't come here when they were younger. They came here already old. Like, their mind is already set. So, they don't understand. They're not open minded. So, that's why it's kind of very difficult for them to understand our point of view. So I think sometimes it helps to kind of, like, sit down with them and say, hey, there's, this is the other point of view. Can I try to explain it to you a little better so you understand? I mean, other than that, you're just going to butt heads the whole time and no one's going to understand what's going on. Please, baby, please. Brownie points. It's a little John Legend for you. Absolutely.
8: Sharon? Um, it's all about compromise at the end of the day. Like, we need to, like... C- release the stubbornness and go back to why we're talking about this and go back to the fundamentals. We both love each other. Like we both want the best for each other, but we just need to, you know, chill Sizzle out. Down. Yeah.
3: I think we've talked about quite a few things today. And uh, uh, at the end of the day, which is the end of the episode, um, <laughs> I think it's time to closing time, everybody closing time. So this is the part in the episode at the end where we go around the table. Let's summarize what we learned If someone were to ask you, hey, what did you uh, take away from your time together? What would you tell them? You know, what's the message you want to get out there when it comes to cultural differences? Since I always do this to you, would you like to go first or last?
0: Sure, I'll go first. There you go. Uh, first thing, Mike, you look good in rose gold headphones. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we
3: learned that today. We if definitely... you're
0: listening, Mike is wearing rose gold headphones. <laughs> um, second of all, I, I I learned a lot about like cultural differences and people coming from different backgrounds today. Like I knew people were coming from Egypt, but I didn't even realize or really think about how there are different cultures within Egypt and how they're all coming with different perspectives to America so there's so much that that comes into moving here and it just kind of gives a little bit more respect to those who got up and and immigrated, migrated here to America um, you know picking up leaving their homes leaving their 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 um, families their culture and coming to something that's very new um, and so I think that's something to be appreciated and you know really understand that our church in the end is, is something to unite everybody in not just um, you know certain uh, sects of different you know cultures but for everybody for it to be open to everybody.
3: Cheval.
7: I think coming from a different background and being Indian and coming into a bear's culture, I definitely learned that, you know, being a little bit more understanding and being patient and caring is definitely the best way to go about, you know, learning someone's new culture and just being open.
6: Albert. I think as we're heading towards the end, one of the biggest things that I took away is unconditional love means everything in every culture. If we're just going to unconditionally love the next culture and treat people with love and respect, our cultures could easily you know, intertwine and not become a problem and just, just learn and love each other. Andrew.
1: Uh, I would say the key is communication. And if you're going to do something nice to someone, do it for yourself and for God, not for them saying, oh my God, he's amazing. Annie.
4: Okay, Andrew kind of stole mine. I was going to say <laughs> communication but um just coming from that point of like understanding and open-mindedness and realizing okay they lived a different life than i did and that changes how they view things but that doesn't change how i view them
3: yeah rosie i mean michael
5: (laughs) (laughs) so i learned today about just being able to have enough love to be able to see that some of the differences aren't bad that just because we do things differently let's try to love love each other enough to understand where we come from and to understand that a lot of the time those things that are different are still coming from a place of love and they're not they're not coming from a negative place um, it reminds me so much of um the first that we bring up here so so often um above all things have fervent love for one another for love um uh, covers up a multitude of sins
3: sharon
8: Just to summarize, I guess, like going into anything with an open mind, open heart and being open to um, compromises, it'll just make life go easier and, you know, people understand where you're coming from in communication, just
2: literally saying all the (laughs) words they said before me.
3: After Sharon, we have Karen.
2: Um, So one of the things I learned today is maybe like growing up in a different culture and living in a different one can be very confusing. but I think the best way to go about it is just to try and uh, pick the the best qualities you see in each and kind of navigate the waters to where you're happy um, and where you satisfy yourself and God.
3: Fadi. So
9: one of the things that I really, you know, be- like realized after having this conversation is that even though there's a lot of differences in different cultures, we're all beautiful in one way or another. And really, you know, today I really f- embracing the Coptic, you know, my Coptic heritage is so beautiful. and. I really wouldn't pick it for anything else or, ch- or change it for anything else. But that being said, you know, other cultures are great. But I just love being Coptic a lot more now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talked about two different cultures. We talked about the Eastern and the Western. We talked about the differences. We talked about what it means to be stuck in the middle and feel like, oh, so much pressure. And we talked about how to navigate that. Maybe some things that we can do that we can change in our lives. But what if I told you there's a third culture? What if it's not really just the Egyptian and just the american or the east or the west what if there's also a third culture the culture of heaven and that's the one that we need to prepare for and that's the one that's the citizen that we need the citizenship that we should be looking to get right because the culture of heaven is the one that's eternal that's the one that we all are going to be part of in the end and that runs on very different rules than either culture it runs on uh, very specific values that are espoused in the bible and very clearly denoted by our church over and over again right we we're all know the rules, we all know how that culture works. I mean, all of us that have been, that have been in the Sunday school system have been fortunate enough to be raised in the faith know this very well. Problem is, it's the hardest culture to live in, it's the hardest culture to abide by. And it's not because it's not the best, it by far is the best, but it just requires one thing that we all lack, which is self-sacrifice, which is selflessness, not selfishness. In both scenarios, when we were talking both the East and the West, we highlighted how selfishness is part of the culture. And it eventually leads to a lot of negative affect, whether it's depression, sadness, anxiety, issues between people. But you know what? If you abide by the culture of heaven, that's never going to be a thing. Because you make put yourself last. You put the other first. Love one another as I have loved you, right? Do unto others as you would want done to you end of the day the other matters more and if you live a life of service if you live a life of love the way that you were talking about in terms of our of our verse if you truly live that if you embody that you are a citizen of heaven you are uh, the the member of heaven and so when you die guess what you've been living that life for so long going up there it's gonna be like coming home and that's the most important thing that we want you guys to think about because if we don't live that life if we don't change then what's gonna happen in our communities and what's gonna happen to the generations that are coming tomorrow right behind us and that's what you gotta ask yourself thank you so much thank you so much everybody at this panel thank you so much for coming and listening to us and spending uh time with us today we really appreciate you uh we are actually going to be meeting later this week uh so uh check our socials for where and when st mary's Delray. if you're not from around here hit us up on social media we want to hear from you we want to understand what you need where you're coming from who you are uh if you need some help connecting with your local church we're happy to do that right uh and most importantly of all love one another uh you know I forgot the verse Well, you, you, go ahead mikey what's the verse
5: have fervent love for one another for love um covers up a multitude of sins
3: that's right we love you god loves you bye everybody
9: Bye. bye. bye.